Howdy, and welcome to the FPL Jingle. Uh, I'm already in my Christmas jumper. Steve, have you any Christmas cheer? Uh, I'm not wearing a Christmas jumper, but like I'm starting to get into the mood now, especially because I'm coming close to when I finish up for work. <laughs> I know I have to be back for two weeks, so looking forward to that. Have you started eating and drinking, whatever you like? I was uh, doing that long before it became Christmas period. <laughs> it's been Christmas for about four years now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was thinking, I was debating whether I'd try and do that uh, no takeaway November like last year, but then I was just like, nah. Oh, yeah. just got... We got three takeaways then on, on, on the 1st of December. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like four. I mean, I didn't eat for two days after that because I was, was so glorious. full. It was glorious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how was your weekend? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, out with the lads on Friday, so Saturday was a bit of a write-off, just watching the matches and stuff like that. Uh, Sunday then watching the F1. Madness. Absolute madness. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, describe could, it. we could do a whole podcast on the Formula 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not well, but yeah, we probably could. Uh, I, I have a bit of a surprise zone. I have a, I have a question from a, a keen listener that I think you might be uh, familiar with. I'm going to try and play it through my phone because it was a WhatsApp voice message, so I don't know how it'll translate, and we might have to cut this out, but we'll see how it goes. It might come through ready? in Irish or something, but yeah, give it a go. Okay. Howdy, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, question today for Owen. Um, I'd like to know which of his... Uh, hero managers he draws the most from in his current management style would it be Jose Mourinho's unwavering self-confidence the uh, constant uh, belief in oneself that you are special or would it be more of a Frank Lampard who seems to believe that all the problems relate to the players as he put it himself best that's one for the players uh, it was Romby of that ilk that uh, it's never really his fault. It's uh, one for the players. Kind of okay. going like the the Seymour Skinner approach of no, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. In fairness, like some of my players have let me down on several occasions, so I wouldn't be shy in pointing that out because you know it's not my fault. But uh, <laughs> thanks, Finber, for the message. Um, uh, to be honest, I take most inspiration from Sam Allardyce because I too drink pints of wine and I generally make my, my fantasy football decisions when I'm under the influence. So, yeah, it's, that's the dream is, is, is to, you know, prevent teams from getting relegated in the future, you know, just driving it on. Big fan of Jose. Apart from when he was at Man United when he just wrecked my head. But, uh, no, Sam Sam's my, my hero. Uh, thanks for your question, Bender. Uh, how would you have interesting, interesting you chose a manager who <laughs> is known for just staying in the in the league and not getting relegated as opposed to a manager who has actually won the league which you have done as of last season so yeah I just wish uh, I had the same drinking prowess as Sam you know <laughs> <laughs> but nah, if, if, if everyone was big Sam there wouldn't be enough beer in the world or wine um, uh, manager inspirations for me Ah, look, I suppose it's hard for me as an Arsenal fan, it's hard to look past Arsene Wenger, like what he was able to achieve with the club. Something, a feat that I don't know if anyone else will ever be able to do again, going undefeated in the Premier League. Um, and the way the way that they play doing it, you know, it's uh, 
shows you don't have to make sacrifices to uh, to win and play play bad football. So yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with that one and be very middle of the road. Ooh, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard it immensely coming back to management, but uh, I, I think it's obvious in fantasy football or in, in draft fantasy football just to pick players that play every week. Uh, if you can avoid the the Leroy Sanes, the Riyad Mahrez, is the I don't know the sub Liverpool forward that you might have thought about picking up and just just go for other players who play every week. Uh, generally, yeah, like well. uh, a player like how do I describe it? A player like Christian Benteke or Jordan Ayew are probably more valuable than a Divock Origi or a Minamino because at least they're going to play every week. Like I mean, I'm probably. Yeah, that's probably a bad example, but you get the idea that like yeah, yeah, they're, if, they're, the, if they're on the extreme. if they're on the pitch if they're on the pitch they're at least going to do something, whereas if they're on the bench they're never going to do anything. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Uh, so thanks, Finnbur, for your your managerial related question. Uh, maybe we'll get we'll get Finnbur involved in a league later on down the line. Uh, so we'll take a look at how this week in fantasy football went. Um, yeah, I'll run us down through the fixtures. We'll see how good we go. Uh, Steve, you beat Andy, 53-34. This week was a really high-scoring week, actually. Uh, Carl ended John's 8-win streak, 47-36. Well, my no. heart broke a bit. Yeah, yeah, well, what broke my heart a little more, come on to uh, uh, Mitch v. Ray, 42-15. But Mark Gary v. Connor Skeen, 52-31, to start himself on a 5-game win streak, so... A bit worried that Mark's head might swell here soon, so someone needs to cut that out. If it gets any bigger, we'll have to send him back to England. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he'll have to go for a bit of deflation, a deflation operation. <laughs> uh, I beat Owen Dillon 63-51, highest score of the week, and the best manager we've ever seen. Connell beat Paddy Brennan 61-45. Paddy maybe a little unlucky there, although 45 wasn't a very high score. Steve, 41, was enough to beat Porrick Sheehan's 25. Ty Flynn got a 56, scoring uncharacteristically high. Uh, beat Thomas, 46, in the Bruno Grunan Derby. And Mark Clasey beat Gary, based off of Gary not setting his subs, 31-27. <laughs> Mark was very fortunate. He was the fifth lowest scorer, I think. Uh, uh, the only reason I'm asking is because in the chat, uh, Gary was confident that he had said a sub. Yeah, yeah he said, <laughs> so, I, think, I think I did. He said, with like a, I don't know, like a, what you, a flexing emoji or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, that's interesting. So that <clears throat> those results mean that it, in the table now is yourself and Steve still tied uh, for first, uh, only separated on points difference with 37 points. Uh, I'm uh, behind you in third with 35 points. Connell is behind me in fourth with 34. Mark is now up to fifth with 33. Boo. John uh, has dropped down to sixth now with that loss uh, on 31. Porrick has dropped down again to seventh on 30. Paddy now is drifting more and more towards mid-table on uh, uh, 27 points in eighth. Uh, Cahill is in ninth on 24 points. Is it? <laughs> can Cahill overtake Paddy in the league? I want to say Certainly, that. yeah, yeah. So who beat Paddy? Cahill uh, beat Paddy. Cahill beat uh, Maybe we'll do a little segment on Cahill's team. It's, it's good. But yeah, yeah, go yeah, on. yeah. No, it's yeah. bad. Um, 
Mitch is in 10th on 24. Mark is in 11th on 24. Connor Skeen is in 12th on 22. Tyg Flynn is in 13th on 19. No matter what Tyg does, he continually stays 19. Or sorry, 13th. But I will give him a shout out here. No, I was was exact. I was going to do the exact opposite because I was chatting to him at the weekend and I said I'd give him a special shout out on the pod for for having such a good game week this week. That's almost Uh, worse. (laughs) <laughs> what do you want from me i can't win with you fuck's sake uh no but he did it like thomas put up a fairly a decent score for him to get 56 which i think was the third highest score bar you and Con- uh, connell um was good um and then uh thomas who's behind him in in 14th with 15 points Owen dylan in 15th with 13 Andy in 16th with 12, Gary in 17th with 6, and Team Auto Draft in 18th with 4. So, like I, like you can see there between between 1st and 5th, there's 4 points in it. So, it's all to play for. Yeah, I suppose a week of the rich getting richer here. The top 5 there all won their matches. Um, maybe maybe extending a bit of a lead. Horik uh, now needs, needs 3 results, and uh, myself and Steve to lose 3 games to to get back in the mix or to get ahead so uh yeah i think i think more so it's just getting that fourth spot so you can get into the playoffs it's, i don't even really know if it's about getting top do you know yeah yeah i kind of yeah i suppose when you're up there you get focused on, 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 on finishing top of the league which is actually worth nothing in the end until uh, well you play the person you play the person who came in fourth, so like it gives you some sort of an advantage. Potentially depends, because you would think that the person in advantage to own last season. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, because Owen's team fell off in the latter half of the season, but he was able to coast into first. Anyway, will we, yeah. will we move on and, and chat chat through our matchups for this weekend? Yeah, cool beans. Do you want to go first? Cool beans, cool beans. Yeah, so uh, like you mentioned there, I was uh, playing Andy, beat him 53-34, but it was a little bit tight there for a second. It was a little bit, small bit concerned, especially when Tielemans went off, but look, I'll go run through my team first. Uh, Ramsdale for eight, uh, clean sheet and a, a, a save point. Uh, Cancelo got five uh, for the clean sheet, picked up a yellow. Thiago Silva got one. Reese James got zero because they conceded two and he got a yellow. Matip and Robertson both got six. Matip came in for me because Vardy didn't play. Uh, Bowen for three. Madison for 14. Two goals and an assist and a clean sheet point. Uh, Rashford did nothing. Salah got an assist and Callum Wilson did nothing. Um, yeah, and then on my for bench. Sorry, did I not say Salah got a goal? You said an assist. Oh, obviously, sorry. Yes. Obviously, you're under the influence or something and you're just doing a bad job podcasting. But continue. <laughs> Said the lad is drinking a beer right now. Um, Sancho is on my bench for three points, and that's it. (laughs) So Andy then had Martinez for three, uh, playing Liverpool, got a save point. Alonso for four, got an assist. Silva, Thiago Silva, one point. Ruben Diaz, clean sheet, but got a yellow card, five points. Bruno for three, Fornells for one. Tielemans, like I said, for 13, got two goals and a clean sheet point. Um, Andros Townsend for two. Sar, who was injured and didn't play, and Zaha for two. He had Maguire on his bench for six. And if he'd started Schmeichel, he would have gotten seven points. So he w- could have potentially finished on like four, like 45 around there, like high 40s if he'd set the lineup right. But or if he'd set his subs. 
what might have been nice. But yeah, so like nine players in total playing Randy and a 34, probably not an awful result. For that, Yuri Tielemans inflating his score a nice bit there. Um, uh, yeah, it, it looked pretty comfortable from this side for yourself. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it wasn't too bad. Like I, I had a lead throughout. It was just when Tielemans. Well, when you look at the the box score and you see Tielemans score twice, and I was like, oh fuck, yeah, uh, I thought yeah. I was in trouble. But then I saw Madison got the assists for both, so I was like, oh, that's not too bad. And then Madison got a goal himself, so I was like, oh, sound. So I'm glad I'm glad I held though uh, from Madison because there was there was conversation around dropping him like about three or four weeks ago and I'm glad I held because he's really starting to turn it around now. Yeah, that's great to see. I mean, Madison in form is unbelievable. So uh, yeah, a yeah, joy to watch, and we're, I'm going to be chatting about the Leicester game later. And wow. a trade that's <laughs> a trade that's gone brilliantly for for Connell and very poorly for Connor Skeen, it has to be said. Yeah, plenty. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Um, yeah, congrats, Steve. I mean, you'd have been disappointed not to be beaten, Andy. Also, we'll be looking at the the Chelsea defence. Um, obviously, both of you would double Chelsea here. Uh, yeah, the, a stuttering defence, to say the least. Um, thanks for that. I'll move us on to my fixture against Owen Dillon. Uh, Owen would be very disappointed with a 51, not to have won. Um, but yeah, 63, maybe my highest score of the season. I'll run you down through it. Allison kept the clean sheet. Gabriel at Arsenal kept the clean sheet and scored a goal from a corner. Diaz Laporte's double city defence clean sheets. Harry McQuire also got the clean sheet. So all my defenders getting five or six points at least. Bernal's got one, come on as a sub. He'll be getting the drop. Gunnar Gallagher got two sexy, sexy goals. Kai Havertz with two points. Bernardo Silva got a assist and a clean sheet point. That was six. Ronaldo scored a penalty. That was six. And Mane... Once again, blanks uh, concerningly. So, uh, yeah, 63. Um, I left Lindelof on my bench for six as well, but I wasn't going to start in double United defence under the new manager. Uh, Owen had Fabianski in goals for six. He had Marcus Alonso for the assist for four. Livermento and Mings, which looking, yeah, so maybe Owen not paying that much attention. Mings. Uh, against Liverpool and Livermento against Arsenal, not too great clean sheet picks. He had Jorginho for two goals and Gallagher for two goals. So you, another day he could have definitely gotten a win here. He'd be disappointed to come up, come up against 63. Sushek and Townsend blanked. Uh, Danny Ings and he also had Mane blanked. He had Emmanuel Dennis for a goal also. He left Jose Sa on his bench for four points, and he also has many cash, two points on his bench. So uh, he was never going to get the 63. Um, yeah, everything just went my way this week. Uh, hopefully I can maintain some kind of form like this. Uh, Serious you- return from the defenders and the goalkeeper there, like <clears throat> 6, 11, 5, 6, 6. Then you had another defender on your bench for 6, like so. That's pretty much like Barak on a Gallagher. Those were that, that was pretty much your entire score. Like, yeah, um, we, we mentioned the last week's pod that this week would probably be high scoring because the big teams are playing the small teams, and there wasn't that many you know massive fixtures going on. Uh, it was a little easier to predict the clean sheets this week. Gabriel getting the goal was a nice little cherry yeah. on top. Uh, fan tracks on um, anyway. Excuse me. Feels like this year, uh, defenders and forwards are the way to go. Midfielders are a nice commodity if you have them, but 
not a necessity, it feels. No, no. Like, I mean, they're not good. Like, I have Kai Havertz here with two goals, two assists. So Pablo Fornals, who, like, got went in and out of form. I only picked him up because he got a goal in a game or something. Uh, he's now lost his spot to Lanzini, it seems. And who else do I have there? I have... Bernardo Silva. Oh, yeah, Bernardo Silva's class. So, yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to predict where the points are going to come with the midfielders. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All so, right. we also had the Cup this week. Uh, the Cup quarterfinals, game week 16. That's mad, we're 16 weeks through the season already, isn't it? Crazy. I mean, it feels like it only started recently. So, yeah, uh, let me just tell you, the winners were Owen, who got his win against Mark Clossy. So, yeah, he'll be delighted to have got that, uh, despite me unlucky to lose to me. Connell beat Connor Skeen. Paddy got a win over John. John losing on two fronts this week. And Mark Gary took the win over Cobb. So, uh, that's Owen, Dylan, Connell, Paddy and Mark who get into the semi-finals. Connell had another deep cup run. Uh, do any predictions for the winner of this? Um, I don't want any one of these people to win, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just cancel the cup? Can we take the inverse winners, in which case we, we have Connor Ski and Carl, Mark Clasey and John getting in? Uh, uh, no, I suppose I want Don Dylan to win. Yeah, I suppose I want getting to the playoffs last season, being unlucky. Uh, maybe not unlucky, just shit. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, look, well, I, I just don't want Connell to win because he's definitely getting into the playoffs this year, and he's going to be—he's going to be mixing it up near the end of the season. Yeah, I don't want to—I don't want to agree with you, but I guess I have to. Like, it's looking likely anyway. The way things are going, take it—it take a, a serious U-turn for for th- for him to fall out of contention like that. Yeah, yeah, and I think his team looks good. Um, before we move on to the next section, we mentioned Mitch's team there earlier, so maybe I'll just I'll just open that up and we'll we'll have a oh, look. Oh, you see. mentioned Cahill's team. Well, yeah, I just like Mitch's team because I backed it. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> how's that working yeah. out for you? That's great, you know. Um, yeah, no, I arranged someone to go to Mitch's house and beat the shit out of him and start his team up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, look at Carl's team. He's got the <laughs> Just saying how nice it was. Yeah, Carl has the two Manchester starting keepers, which is a nice little rotation to have. He's Ruben Diaz, double Chelsea defence, then Tommy Yasu, the Arsenal fullback, and Reggian as his last defender. Spurs defenders being a nice thing eventually to have now. Then he has Fernandez, Mount, Sancho in midfield, Odegaard on the bench there. So, like, that's, you know, outside of Odegaard, that's a really, really good midfield. Yeah, no, uh, oh, it is. And, yeah, and even uh, maybe I, I would say more. I would say Bar Sancho as opposed to Bar Odegaard. At least Odegaard scored in his last three games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm complimenting Sancho. He has one goal, and that's it. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah. Then he has Jota, Sterling, Wilson, and Zaha as his forwards. So maybe not the most potent forward line. Jota probably buying him up a bit there. Um, it's it's um. I, Keeping an eye on Cahill now, he's a nice high average score every week, so you know he'll be taking easy wins when they come. 
I'll I'll definitely be keeping an eye on Cottle because I'm playing him this week. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Interesting. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cottle has three Man United players there who might not be getting a game this week. That'll be interesting. We'll, we'll look at our fixtures later. Uh, will we move on to this week's or this weekend's Premier League fixtures? Sounds good. Okay, so let's run down through game week 16's Premier League results. Brentford beat Watford 2-1. City beat Wolves 1-0. Raul Jimenez being a bit silly there. Chelsea were lucky against Leeds 3-2. Liverpool beat Villa 1-0. Arsenal beat Southampton 3-0. Man United got the win over Norwich 1-0. Burnley 0-0 with West Ham. Leicester got a 4-0 over Newcastle. And Crystal Palace won 3-1 against Everton. Um, yeah, so the first fixture we're going to take a quick look at is Chelsea's lucky victory over Leeds. Rudiger, the unlikely winner of two penalties in this game. Uh, so, yeah, that was two goals for Jorginho. Also, Mason Mount capitalizing on a decent Marcus Alonso assist. But I suppose the story of this game is Chelsea once again conceding two. Maybe a bit concerning when you look at their lineup and. I, th- I think that the Chelsea defence is the most concerning thing from this game, or the thing of most interest. You have a double Chelsea defence, Steve. What, what did you think? Um, well, just watching, or sorry, I didn't actually watch the game. I was watching um, the Liverpool and Arsenal match. Um, sorry, l- matches. Um, looking at the highlights, uh, first goal they concede is from a penalty because Marcus Alonso decides to be an idiot and tackle Dan James when there's no real need to, like, he wasn't really going anywhere, so why he slides in, I I don't know, um, but it is a penalty, and then the second one then, uh, Gelhart comes on, and then, like, they get I think Chelsea get dispossessed in their own third. Tyler Roberts goes in from the right-hand side and plays in a, a nice cross, and it's a first-time finish from Gellhard with his first touch of the game. The That goal will probably be a little bit concerning because we know how Chelsea like to play it out from the back, um, especially with the back, the, the three centre-backs that all be fairly comfortable on the ball and the wing-backs as well. Um, yeah, like, I keep thinking... I've, I've kept backing Chelsea to bounce back and find the the form that they had to win games one or two nil because I did see I did kind of say that I questioned whether they had the ability to win games like this when they did concede one or two goals because I didn't think they'd have the I don't know I didn't think they'd be able to provide enough up front but Mason Mount being back has been really they didn't you know that. Yeah, but that yeah, but Mason Mount coming back has made a world of difference. Like he's really linked everything back uh, together again. Like he was the he scored the equalizer and was very uh, influential in everything that goes everything positive that goes on with Chelsea at the moment. He, like he f- feels like he's undroppable at the moment. You, you fit him into the team whatever way you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know the Chelsea forwards are all kind of major letdowns at the moment. Not sure about Lukaku, is he still nursing a bit of an injury? But, you know, like Werner and Havertz and Mount are the front three here. And Mount gets a goal, the two other forwards don't get a return at all. Um, yeah, hey, how many times can, can they come up, overcome a 2 0 or a 2 goal 
deficit, uh, not that much, you know, two penalties is, is not sustainable. So It wasn't uh, two penalties, there was only one penalty this game, but I get, what you're, I get your point. Um, yeah, yeah, like, it's the... One, one, two. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Leeds only got one, but yeah, yeah Chelsea yeah. did get two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, you meant Chelsea getting two penalties. Yeah, yeah they're very fortunate. Um, wait, what Rudiger is doing that far forward is beyond me. But anyway, it seems to work out for you. Um, like, yeah, um, they really need to figure it out because I don't know what's going on with Lukaku. He's, he, he seems to be match fit, but Tuchel just doesn't seem to want to play him. And the only way he's going to get into form is by playing games. So, you know, it's kind of like chicken and an egg scenario there. But yeah, like what Chelsea need to do to shore things up at the back. Um not a hundred percent sure, like because you know the the their prom their best back three is probably uh Rudiger, Thiago Silva and I would say Christensen yeah. more so than us Yeah, I probably agree with you on Christensen. Um Chalaba I think like, when he's Yeah, maybe Chalaba when he's fit. Um you know, and like <laughs> the the type of the the manner of the goals they're conceding, you know, like some of them are are bangers. Like the one that they conceded, the third goal they conceded against Zenit in the Champions League was just like there, there was no stopping that. Like sometimes you're there, so they're maybe a small bit unfortunate in that regard. And some of the goals they're conceding, it just seems to be almost out of their control. But yeah, they they really need to to get the the, the finer details right there. So yeah. Um, uh, and they've got a they've got a decent fixture coming up against Everton, where you would fancy them to kind of get it together and kind of figure it out a bit. Most teams w- would manage to do that. I, I I'd still be concerned about the midfield. Jorginho left his cheek; just, just doesn't doesn't do it for me. You know, like it, I, I think it leaves the defense under a bit more pressure. They are shipping chances. Um, so do you know I'd what be... is that? Is can is Kante maybe like? I know we're talking about the defenders, but is it Kante being out? That's really oh, kind no, of highlight, massive, high massive part of it. But like, uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done the, <laughs> I haven't done the, uh, done the analysis to see if you to go back far enough into this poor run of of form for Chelsea. Does it line up with Kante's injury or not? I think but, the start of it was certainly a game where you had Loftus Cheek and Saul as the starting midfielders. Uh, who did they play? Is that the game they, they didn't draw Burnley that time. They've been under pressure since since Sardinio, Kovacic and Kante have all either been unfit or injured or rested. And it's it's been a problem since. Um, so yeah, well, basically the, the, the sum up the story, I think you, you kind of have to think twice about playing your Chelsea defenders these days. Not, you know, not as much as you would be with the City or Liverpool boys. Um, for the moment, anyway, definitely hold on to them though. Like oh, I... Yeah. I wouldn't be. I won't be dropping Thiago Silva because I know if I do, I'll never get him back again. Um, but yeah, maybe you you look at you you look at maybe bringing in a midf- a midfielder instead of that extra Chelsea defender potentially. Although I do fancy them for Everton. <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment, but we'll get to that later. We move on to the next game. Yeah. So Leicester uh, with a, with a statement victory over Newcastle a four nil. And some sexy, sexy uh, counter-attacking play. Uh, you, you were disappointed that uh, Verdi didn't get a game here. Not sure what his his fitness story is, but um, yeah, you had Madison. So you were pleased with this one. Yeah. So, like, I think the the story about Verdi was that they played Napoli in the Europa League only on Thursday, 
and I think he played the full 90. They ended up losing that, and they're in, they're in the Europa Conference League now, so I wouldn't anticipate um, him or any of their main players having a role in that. Rodgers was asked after the Europa League game um, what he thought of getting into the Europa Conference League, and he was like, I know, I know nothing about it. So he clearly has no interest in it whatsoever, and I don't really blame him, because it's not worth them... Like, they're at, at the moment they're trying to get like t- I, I know it sounds a bit outrageous but they're trying to get top four like so they want champions league so the fact playing the and then at the minimum they get europa league so for them to play in the europa conference league with the hope of getting the, winning it and getting a europa league it's you know you'd rather just focus on the league but yeah um to get back to the game then uh madison wins a penalty small bit soft from uh, but but Newcastle are silly, try played out from the back. Lascelles gets dispossessed in his own box. Fouls Madison, penalty. T-Elements 1-0. Um, the second goal then is um, Madison plays, I think, yeah, Madison plays a lovely through ball to Harvey Barnes, cuts the defence apart uh, with one pass, for, like, <laughs> lovely pass. One of the passes of the season, as me and Owen were discussing before the podcast. Yeah. And then it's just a easy square ball for Daka makes it 2-0 uh, 3-0 then they just hit them on the counter uh, Madison gets played in um, lays it across to Tielemans easy finish into the top uh, top left corner 3-0 nice finish too Very yeah nice. and then and then Madison gets played in from the left and kind of goes through and nice finish into the far right hand corner and that's 4-0, and, like, you know, Newcastle never really looked within a sniff, of, uh, getting a sniff in this game. Leicester kind of looked like the team of old, um, which is probably kind of what they needed after some of the results they've been getting recently, is to try and get, like, a 2 and up game. So, you know, they'll, they'll be going and playing a Spurs side next that haven't uh, been able to train, really, or play any matches in the last, like, week and a half. So, you know, you're kind of wondering how fresh they're going to be. So you would fancy Leicester to carry on this form. Jamie Vardy loves playing against the top six teams. So he'll be ready. And he's been fully rested. So he'll be ready to go for that game. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. But uh, like Leicester, just, you know, they, they're they kind of they're kind of hot and cold at the moment this season. But when they're hot, they're hot. Yeah, like this was... Uh... This this was a I think uh, we we had commented on on Leicester kind of coming back to form, but this is really yeah they're in form. Start picking up your Leicester assets. Not sure about the defense yet. Newcastle aren't any great shakes. Any real chances they had were just um, same maximum beating one two guys and taking his chance. Um, what I am a touch concerned about it is Leicester's bench. As I look at it here, uh, Bubakari, Samaria come on for Evans, who came up in the sixth minute, obviously injured. And then I look at the list of injuries. Uh, quite a lot of COVID going on. Six or seven guys out with eight guys out with COVID. Then uh, Wesley Fofana, James Justin, also out injured, uh, ankle injury and crucial ligament injury. So it could be kind of a fragile Leicester based on, on those injuries. But um, if, if they can keep 11, 12 guys fit and they keep playing games like this, that would be savage. Uh <laughs> The highlight for me from, from this game was when, as I was watching the highlights in Newcastle commentary, uh, Pundit just saying, What's the Salah's doing again? Oh, God! <laughs> and then another Leicester goal. Uh, yeah. I, I got a good laugh out of that. 
<laughs> I don't. I, uh, I still don't know why you clicked to watch the Newcastle commentary for that video, but no, I'll, I suppose I'll be doing it forever more than men because that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> it's interesting now what Leicester, how Leicester approach the rest of the season. I think they know that they're not going to have the same uh, defensive solidity that they had last season. I didn't think Fafana would be as much of a Jenga piece as he has been for that def- or as he's proven to be for that defense. So we'll have to wait and see. But if Johnny Evans' injury is is serious enough, he'll probably be kept out of that that game against Spurs. So, uh, like you could be talking Samare in, or you could be talking Amarte if he's fit or if he's injured. Like, yeah, it's kind of like a makeshift defense anyway in terms of centre backs. Uh, Wing backs are a bit more solid, but yeah, it's you're you're definitely looking more so at midfielders and, and attackers in Leicester, not the defenders. No, certainly not at the moment. Uh, definitely not against Spurs, I wouldn't be chancing. But, uh, the last fixture we're going to look at is uh, Palace with, with that fantastic Chelsea Lodi. Their 3-1 win over Everton. Um, Everton with like, one of the worst performances we've seen all season. Um, the anything awful you'd like to say about Everton, Steve? Um, do you know what? Like It was, it was 2-0. And then Rondon came on for Richarlison because he was injured. And, of course, because everyone said, Jesus, uh, Richarlison looks fairly upset. Rondon was, like, nailed on to score. Um, and then a 2-1, two, a two like, they created a couple of chances to level the game. But they were just so bad in front of goal that they didn't even bother. Like, there was one there was one opportunity where, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Damari Gray on the right. And he crosses it in uh, across the six yard line, and all of them just miss it. And instead of like turning around and running back to try and get back and defend, like four or five Everton players just standing there in the box, un- like all bewildered as to how the ball didn't go in, and just too lazy to do anything else after that. And it was just like such like uh, if you could bottle up. Everton season so far in a in a moment that would have been it like because like apart from that then you know uh like shipping in three goals like I, I will admit then the Connor Gallagher one was a banger but he only gets it because Coleman t- tries to take a quick free kick uh with the um Palace player within the 10 yards so it was like he watched uh, the City game where Jimenez got sent off for a second yellow and thought geez I should do that but instead he, he just boots it and it hits off an, uh, an Everton player falls to Gallagher and he takes a shot from the outside the box and goes in and it's 3-1 and it looks a lot worse but they just don't seem to know they don't have any any shape uh, they're not defensively solid uh, which are two things you would never have thought you'd say under Benitez but um, they're, I know they're under the impact uh, impact of financial fair play, but I genuinely don't know what you do to turn this around at the moment. I think Benitez is kind of counting the days right now. Um, the director of football, um, I can't remember his name, begins with an M, uh, left recently enough, and you wonder how much longer uh, Benitez has. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I think Everton might not be in a position to, to sack him, uh, and I don't know what an upgrade would be. Um, if you look at the players on the pitch. I mean, Calvert Lewin's obviously still a big miss, and I'm not sure. It's, it says here he, he's scheduled to come back late December, but I, I have no real stats on that. Um, but it's it's been absolutely atrocious, and like the 
you know, to give the ball away twice and Gallagher to prop it off it twice and then they can see the set piece. Uh, you know, the goal they got was just a mess. Uh, Rondon doesn't score goals really. Yeah. So, um, they're in big trouble. And, uh, you know, when you're picking your fantasy team, absolutely target them. Even, even the, the Palace team that was fielded here, IU, Will Hughes, Tompkins, a lot of not fantastic players even playing this game. So, yeah, it was it was like Palace kind of realized like they had a more important game coming up midweek, and said we better rest our better players for that game. When when you whereas when you think last season, when you think of Palace, they would have targeted this game as having all their best players for this one because this is one that they would have wanted to try and win. So you know, it's that shift in mentality of going. Ah, uh, yeah, we're 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 good enough to beat Everton. We're probably like some of our second string lads. Let's focus on the next game, as opposed to last season where they would have gone. Geez, we have to, we absolutely have to win this game against Everton because if we don't, we could be like relegation or whatever. So it's interesting to see how Vieira is doing. I think he's doing a pretty good job so far. Uh, obviously, Conor Gallagher is the 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 key to everything. Uh, anything positive Palace have going forward is because of him. It's certainly not because of Wilfred Zaha, who I've, I've really grown to hate these this this season. All he does is moan and give out and like get angry and try and fight people, and it's just not helpful. And when I saw him wearing the captain's armband, I think against United, I couldn't have think of a worse person I would have put as captain. But uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah, not even not even winning the odd penalty these days as he used to be good for. Um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, to to sum it up, target Everton. I wouldn't even be looking at the Palace players that much. You know, Gallagher is nice, but outside of that, not sure I'd be picking anyone up just yet. Um, is 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 that our our look at game week sixteen, Steve? I think so. Let's will we move on and talk about seventeen. Let's move on. Game week 17's fixtures for you now. Brentford will host Man United. Norwich will take on Aston Villa. Man City versus Leeds. Brighton take on Wolves. Palace versus Southampton. Burnley host Watford. Arsenal take on West Ham, maybe the fixture of the weekend. Leicester versus Spurs. Chelsea will take on Everton. And then we have Liverpool versus Newcastle. So we've, uh, once again, we've picked out three attacks and three defences that we like. The first attack that we like is Leicester versus maybe a tired Spurs. Steve, you picked these out because of their COVID troubles and their inability to train over the last little while. So maybe a Leicester forward or two to pick up here. Yeah, well, I think if you look at their lineup for the last game... Um, like they didn't start Vardy, so Vardy's going to start this one. Madison's on form, so he's going to start. Tielemans will start. Barnes will start. So if you have any of those boys, you're playing them. Like we said before, maybe the right hand side is maybe a bit more up for grabs. Um, I don't know. Owen, do you do you know who played on the right hand side for them the last game? Uh, the lineup I have here has Daka up top, and then there's a four with with Ndidi as CDM. The four is left to right. Barnes. Dewsbury Hall, Tielemans and ah, Madison on the right. Uh, yeah, that's it. Dewsbury Hall, he's come in for a fair bit lately. Um, he's looked all right as well. Um, is he an asset worthy of worth picking up? Maybe, I'm not sure. I think if you have Tielemans floating around in your league, 
potentially interesting there because even with Vardy back in the side, the elements can sometimes take the penalties. And I don't know, I just, against this Spurs side where they haven't been able to really train that well because of COVID, they had to uh, probably forfeit their game against Wren, postpone their games again, uh, postpone their game against Brighton. Uh, you know, they'll be coming into this fairly ro- rugged or whatever, you know. I just, I, I don't fancy a complete performance from Spurs, I don't, especially away from home. And I, I think both teams to score here would be a good shout. So I'd be I'd be looking to play my Leicester boys if I have them, which I do, I'll be playing Madison and Vardy. Uh, yeah, and, and if I had those two, I certainly would. Uh, Luckman losing out here, possibly due to COVID. So yeah, I mentioned eight or nine guys with COVID. It's it's a wonder that um, the match wasn't called off really uh, with that much going on. Uh, yeah, Luckman had had that that, that right hand spot, but uh, Dewsbury Hall getting the game here today. So a little bit of predicting to try and do if you do want one of those, you know, like the the, the third or fourth Leicester forward yeah, that's it's... worth picking up. It's uh, it's worth it's worth kind of keeping an eye on the uh, the the injuries or the the COVID list. I suppose they're not going to say a player. Well, I suppose they will say if players directly have COVID. So it's worth keeping an eye on that, uh, definitely. But uh, the second attack we kind of like the look of then is um, Palace against Southampton. Now, like the reason we kind of said this uh, this attack is because. When you consider some of the other games, like, well, we're United against Brentford might be postponed because of COVID there in the United camp. Um, City against Leeds is a bit obvious. Uh, Liverpool, uh, Newcastle is obvious. Chelsea, Everton is a bit obvious. Arsenal v West Ham, that's going to be a tight affair. I don't really know how, how that, which way that one's going to go. It could go either way, but West Ham just love a game against a, a big side. I'm not saying Arsenal are still the big side, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, but like Palace playing a Southampton side that just got beaten by Arsenal three nil, and probably a bit down. You know they'll have the, their second game away from home. Um, Adam Armstrong looks like he was injured in that game, and I think there might have been one other injury for Palace uh, for for Southampton. So you know um, if you're struggling for a forward, uh, Christian Benteke or uh, Jordan Ayew. Maybe uh, as an option there. If you have Gallagher, you're playing him. If you have Zaha, you're you're probably playing him just because. Um, but uh, there's a few like there's there's a couple of options there definitely. Yeah, I couldn't argue with any of that. Uh, Edward started the game against Everton, but he certainly doesn't have that nailed down. Um, I don't know if, if you could predict how you would start. Uh, yeah, I'd be thinking Benteke and Zaha will be getting the game here. It's it's that third spot of the front three. You'd love to see Eberechi Eze get in the game there, obviously coming back from injury. Michael Olise is on the bench as well. So, a little bit of predicting to do. I don't think Ayu has that, that right wing spot locked down. Um, maybe maybe Benteke is the one to look out for here. Uh, yeah, Christian, yeah, Christian his, Bentley his, is the, the FPL crowd <laughs> mine. His, his form isn't that bad either. Like I know we everyone gives him shit, and probably rightfully so, but he hasn't really been that bad when you look at his form over the last seven or eight weeks. So uh, if you're struggling for an option, there's certainly worse options you could pick. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a mean. He's a mean, but, you know, sometimes memes score goals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, our, our last attack then that we've picked is is Villa. I mean, they're playing against the Norwich side that, 
you know, played Fair pretty shows. well against United. And they, I, they, I know, yeah, but they played pretty well against United. Dean Smith is kind of you're kind of seeing a bit of a turnaround under them there. And they got uh, they they gave up the penalty against United, which was a penalty in fairness. But you know they weren't they kind of stuck with it that game. They're apart from De Gea making a few great saves, they could have very easily equalised. But like Villa have just been playing really well lately. Um, I know that they lost to Liverpool, and but like that was at Anfield. Like you know this season, I don't expect anyone to go and beat Liverpool at Anfield. Um, and they played pretty well. It kind of came down to a a penalty decision that was. Um, it's a small, a small bit fortunate as all well, I'll say. Um, but like you know, they've got uh, Buendia kind of back going a bit. They've got Ings. They've got um, Ings is coming back. They've got Watkins um going well. Um, you know, and then there's there's other options there. You know, like John McGinn or um, J is it Jacob Ramsey? Jacob Ramsey, I think. Yeah, he he got yeah, the start. So- at the curly finger there on the seventy fourth. So, uh, you know, they they are there are options there for you, um, especially then if you were to even consider then, uh, like as potentially potentially double threats. Then when we might get into it in a sec is um, is the the fullbacks of Maddie Cash and Matt Target. You know, getting forward and putting crosses into the box, like you know, like they're but they're they're playing so direct and so quick um, that like they're they're looking really interesting. Yeah, yeah. The last season, even Target and Cash were great options to have for periods. They were, they were getting forward, getting assists and goals. Um, I'm personally interested in John McGinn. I reckon he's definitely getting the game. He's one of those midfielders that might be replacing Pablo Fornals of mine. Interesting mm-hmm. to see Ashley Young on the left wing in this game. I'm not sure we'll see that repeat. Um, he's, he's managed to keep uh, Buendia out of the sight this time around. I know Buendia went off in a huff in the last game, and maybe this is kind of a disciplinary thing that, that he didn't get the start. Um, yeah, so, you know, Ramsey and McGinn are floating about. I wouldn't bother with actually Young. Uh, Buendia and Danny Ings then came off the bench. Bit of predicting to do again. I'd probably say this about every team. Yeah, and, and, and I will be slightly interested in a defender as well. I have a few Man United guys who might not get a game given the. Covid situation going on over there. We'll monitor that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Villa so, are an interesting one. Yeah, so then kind of leaning into that a bit, like three or three defenses. One of the defenses we like to look of is Villa because they are playing Norwich. I, yeah, it is. We I understand that it is away from home, but um, they've been pretty solid under Gerrard, like both sides of the ball really since he's arrived, which has been very surprising. See how quickly he's been able to um, adapt. Um, kind of his style of play the way he wants to play and also kind of to tailor it to the way this to the squad that he has at the moment but like if you know like I said mentioned before Maddie Cash Tyron Mings if they're available just because they're attacking um, potential as well but uh, Esri Consa Tyron Mings probably knocking about in most leagues maybe not Martinez but there's certainly there's certainly options there you know absolutely yeah uh, uh, yeah maybe we've Chatted that one to death. Um, I think uh, the, the, the fullbacks are both available in my league. I think so. I'll probably pick one yeah. goes up uh, against so then- Norwich. So then our next game then is is Brighton, or our next defence is Brighton. They're coming up against a Wolves side that just isn't really able to score goals lately. Uh, Jimenez gone off the boil. Huang Hee-chan hasn't been able to keep up the form he had about five or six weeks ago. 
um, Trinko, uh, he looks grand until he actually has to do something like put in a cross or make a key pass or something. Um, Traore is his usual self. Like he can go and beat ten men. When it comes to beating the goalkeeper, then he can't do that. So you're kind of wondering where the goals are going to come from. Like, do they turn to Podence or um, the, the Neto? Only, the only goal that will happen in this game, if it happens, is going to be Neves. Neves from forty yards. <laughs> Jimenez is suspended. The rest of them don't score goals. So uh, yeah, Tariq Lamptey. Get on my team. Fucking love it. Yeah, and uh, I have a decision to make because I have Ramsdale uh, against West Ham, So do I? but I also have Robert Sanchez against Wolves, so do I start Sanchez or do I start Ramsdale is the question. But I, will I wouldn't be that. certain any goalie against West Ham these days. Yeah, I know, I know. So, But we'll see. Um then our final uh, defense, and I put I've said Chelsea, and then I put in brackets surely with a question mark because they just, are playing. You should have wrote you should have wrote spicy rather than surely. No, <laughs> I, I feel I feel surely just because of the conversation we had earlier feels more adept or sorry more apt. Um, like they they're playing at home against an Everton side that are notoriously struggling and can't score goals. Like surely this has to. This is the game for Chelsea to kind of get get things right with that defense. Uh, even if they do have to make a rotation or two, you you think they have to get get this sorted on? Surely. Um, yeah, I mean, like so, Richarlison came off injured in 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 their game against Palace. I'm not sure if that was serious or not. I mean, if if Rondon, Townsend, and Gray can get their shit together and score against Chelsea. I'll be very upset as a Chelsea fan. Um, yeah, it's it, 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 this this should really be... Uh, yeah, you know, like any other day of the week, you'd be saying, yeah, Chelsea clean, but they're stuttering and they're not great and Alonso's shite and Chalaba's injured. And yeah, it, it, it should be a clean. It should absolutely be a clean. But I'll be putting my house and kids on it. I wouldn't put the kids. The house would go all right. <laughs> that's good enough for me I don't have kids and I don't own a house so yeah uh, yeah, yeah so I say yeah, there, there's, there's cleans up there this weekend definitely you know by some weeks you find it hard to get defenders there's, but yeah there's, like you know and to remind people like the we're trying to find the less obvious ones like obviously if you have Man City defenders against Leeds you're going to start them obviously if, if you have Liverpool, Liverpool defenders against Newcastle you're going to start them but it's trying to find the the tougher ones to pick out, you know. So in that yeah. regard, that's why we've made the selections we've made. But I, I'm fairly confident in what we've what we've chatted about. So I think I, that I all. Think so, yeah. I think that then kind of leads us in nicely into uh, our fix our matchups for this week and the overall fixtures in the league. What do you say, Owen? Yeah, let's move along. Let's run down through game week 17. We're almost halfway there. It'll be interesting to look at the, the table in game week 19. But uh, yeah, Steve, you're you're going to take on Gal in a tough old matchup. Andy versus Porek Sheen. Connell will, you know, the target for Connell here is to outscore Ray four points to one. <laughs> <laughs> if Connell gets double digits, he's won this game. Like, that's all it takes. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, like a, a good fifteen should 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 see him through here. <laughs> uh, 
Connor Skeen will take on Tyg, and they're close to each other there in the table, so Tyg will be eager for a win there, try try get out of 13th. Uh, I'm taking on Paddy in the fixture of the weekend, I'm going to call it. Uh, John versus Owen. Uh, John eager to get a win after losing the call. Mark Lahasi will take on Mitch. Stephen Lyons versus Mark Gary is that's that's a, that's a kind of a close to the top of the table clash. That's that's my that's my pick of the weekend anyway. My or sorry, midweek more so than your matchup against Paddy. I know that'll be interesting enough, but like that's first against fifth. There, like Steve is in second. Thank you very much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> go away, <laughs> go away. Top of the uh, table. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thomas will get a handy win over Gary, surely to God. Surely, surely to, to God. God. Yeah. So like I was just I was just telling you about the spice that's going on in my team at the moment. So uh we'll take a gander at, at what the fuck's happening. Um I have Harry Maguire, Ronaldo, Lindblad, Pablo Fornells, and Paddy Bamford, who are all and I have Kaya Burks. These are all big problems for the weekend ahead. Man United might not even play against Brentford. That's three of my guys. Pablo Fornells has lost a spot to Lanzini. But they're also playing Arsenal anyway, which isn't that favourable of a fixture. Bamford is injured. Wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play him against City anyway. Kai Havertz is surely going to lose his position to the likes of Cho or Lukaku uh, when Chelsea go to take on Everton. So I'll tell you who's going to start, first of all. Alisson huh. is going to play. <laughs> Allison is going to play against Newcastle. Gabriel is going to. Jeez, do I even want to play Gabriel against West Ham? Probably not. Uh, I have Laporte and Diaz to play against Leeds. Please God, no rotation there, but there probably will be. There will be absolutely. Yeah, I'll I'll put Harry Maguire in for the Brentford game. I hope it goes ahead, but I'll have someone on the bench because I'm going to make a lot of changes this week. Uh, Bernardo Silva and Conor Gallagher, thank God, are going to get their game against Leeds and Southampton. I'll start Kai Havertz against Everton, I think. Unless I hear anything different about him definitely being a sub or something. Um, but yeah, even if he commanders a sub against Everton, they're shit. Uh, Ronaldo will get the start, but hopefully that Brentford game goes ahead. Uh, then Mane and Son will play Newcastle and Leicester. So, yeah, some of the changes I'm thinking about. Uh, I was looking at Paddy Bamford for Emmanuel Dennis, maybe. Uh, Watford have... Who did Watford have, Steve? Tell me. Uh, Watford have Burnley oh yeah that, that should be a favourable fixture for them I was looking at John McGinn for Pablo Fernandes I think they have that listed in there I also have Andreas Christensen lined up for a Chelsea defender and I might go for either Target or Cash there out of Villa so I just want mm. a lot of a lot of chopping and change and I don't like that my team has three four players that are yeah. that ro- rotatable Ah uh, well, it's, uh, no, it's not that they're rotatable. It's just that with the United COVID, that really kind of hits you hard. Like you've got McGuire and Lindelof there on your team, like, and if they're both not going to play, and then you have Gabriel against a good West Ham side, and then you know you have Bamford, who's been you've been carrying for all this time, and it's just kind of adding up. But I wouldn't say like you know the the, the COVID thing you couldn't really see coming. Like I wouldn't be too. Yeah, I can't. I can't be losing to Paddy though because he's just a fucking shitter. So <laughs> I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll rip my team apart to beat Paddy Brown this week. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> do uh, do because I want to I want to overtake you in the league. I wouldn't even mind. Just can't have Mister Brennan winning anything at all. Uh, what's your matchup with uh, Carl looking like? Yeah, so 
I'm going to be honest with you, Owen. I'm looking to drop Callum Wilson for someone, and I see that I'm ahead of you in the waiver wire priority. So I have no, I'm, I'm confident enough in telling you that I'm going to be be bringing in Emmanuel Dennis, provided the Mark Loss he doesn't bring him in. Um, It'll be Josh King for me, so I think. Uh, yeah, so. well, I'll just, you know, I'm gonna if I don't get Dennis, I'll be bringing in Kane just to cover it off, like you know, or sorry, King, King. Um, but yeah, just run through my team then probably starting Sanchez over Ramsdale but the only thing is that if, even if Ramsdale doesn't keep a clean sheet like he's gonna get save points more than likely and you know Cahill does have Tommy Asu who he's probably gonna start so what do I do there it's a bit of a conundrum like um, I think it's pretty obvious Bobby has to get that game I really like West Ham at the moment uh, yeah probably so uh, um, how I'm gonna go? I'm gonna do it on. I'm gonna go Reese James and Thiago Silva double uh, Chelsea defense against Everton. Although t- I think Thiago Silva might be rested. I'm not sure, but because they're playing so poorly, they might they might keep him in there just because he's probably their best defender at the moment. Maybe Bar Rudiger. Ooh. Yeah, you see, if if Thiago Silva doesn't play, that means it's Rudiger, Aspilicueta, Christensen, which isn't the best sounding. Uh, no, it, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but like they're playing Everton, so look, I'm going to start him anyway. But I'll have the sub order set so that if he doesn't play, he'll hopefully someone good will come on for him. Um, Matip and Robertson against Newcastle. Although again, Kanate might come in for that one. Hopefully not. Uh, I'm looking like I'm looking like I'm going to start Bowen against Arsenal, uh, Madison against Spurs, Smith Rowe against West Ham. Salah against Newcastle, Vardy against Spurs, and then, like, I, I have Callum Wilson here, but he's probably going to get replaced with a Watford forward, either Dennis or King. Uh, Cancelo is suspended mm. on my on my bench, so he won't be playing. And then I have Sancho and Rashford, who both might not be playing because of COVID. So I'll be light on the bench. Like, like this is the only thing going for me is that Cahill kind of has um, a few United players as well. Like he has um, Bruno Fernandez, uh, Jaden Sancho, same as me, and then oh, and then David de Gea. But then he's likely to put in Ederson for him if they if if the United game doesn't go ahead, and go with the double City defense against Leeds. He has Thiago Silva and Rudiger as well. Probably both going to start both of those boys. Mason Mount will start. Sterling will start. Jota and Callum Wilson will start. But you know. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I, I kind of, I fancy my chances, but I know that Cahill Connolly is capable of an, an incredible score. Uh, if, if his fantasy football was anything like his mini golf skills, he'd be putting you away pretty easily. <laughs> There's um, no man's a wizard, yeah. Owen. I don't. I still don't understand it. I, it keeps me awake at night. <laughs> Just um, look. Some of the banked shots he did were like trick shots in regular <laughs> golf, except it was with a fucking shite putter. How did he do it? Like. Yeah, yeah. To to fill the listeners in, Carl Connolly put in a magical performance on the the mini golf course on a, on a holiday in Amsterdam, and, and a, a performance that will go down in history. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, you're, you, Steve, you're, yourself and myself taking on to the you know generally on average putting up a high score every week. So uh, we'll, we'll both be happy. It'll be a sigh of relief if we get a win this week, you know, because yeah. And Steve as well, going up against uh, Mark is not an easy one either. Uh, Connell, of everyone in the top five, Connell is the only one that's got an easy matchup against Ray. But, like, you know, you yeah, don't know yeah, what that's like. A, a target of, of, of 
above four times race score is, is what I'm setting Connolly. <laughs> I let him know so <laughs> once they get off the yeah. pod. Uh, yeah, that's that's our fixtures. Uh, we'll run down through the cup. I think uh, I think we have everything that we wanted to pot about. Potted about Stephen. Anything else to pot about? No, I think with this week we're going to be especially busy with uh, the midweek games and then getting an episode out before the weekend. So we'll uh, I'll save whatever potting I have left for the next pod. Like two peas on a pod. Yeah. Isn't uh, it in a pod? But we're on a pod. Oh, right, I get you now. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Steve met this joke already many episodes ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, oh yeah. The last thing I wanted to say is, if you're going to listen to some commentary, either either the Newcastle where the, the co-host goes mad, or else listen to the Arsenal commentary where the co- the host just talks like he, as if it's golf or snooker. He's very calm. Here's a chance for Arsenal across the box. Goal! It feels <laughs> like there should be a golf clap after. <laughs> <laughs> they should put in the sound effect, a- but they should put in the sound effect afterward just to emphasize it more. It really should be. Oh, I got some. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as per usual, I have three things to tell you about. Just a little, just a little beard up to remember exactly what. Um, yeah, if you follow us on Twitter this. at yeah, follow us on Twitter at the FPL Jingle, and uh, make sure to follow us on our Discord in the link below. And uh, also in the link below will be the uh, fan tracks league. You can go in and have a look and see everyone's uh, fixtures, the league table, and everything like that. Did I get it all there, Owen? Yeah, you even did it better than I would have. So thanks for that. That, does, that wouldn't be hard. Um, shin shin, slong, good luck, goodbye. Uh, ended up for us there, Steve. Well, exactly what you said. Yeah, bye everyone. Bye.